0: Everyone and welcome to On Tour with
1: the podcast where we go on tour with your favorite bands and talk to them about their lives on and off tour and everything in between. I'm Jaden and I'm Spencer. Let's hit the road.
0: Hey everyone and welcome to On Tour with today we're going on tour with Corbin from Rarity. How are you, Corbin?
2: Good. How are you guys?
1: It's Doing good. great.
0: Doing so great.
1: It's been a been a long day, but like we're here now.
0: <laughs> we're did so. Did you
1: guys?
2: Did you guys work today at all? I oh, like, yeah. just finished like a nine hour shift. Oof. So I'm like full of energy right now.
0: Yeah, I did. Oh, gosh. I think I did a, an 11 hour today. Damn, but okay, we, you win. <laughs> okay, I, I this is not like sp- a one-upping contest. I just was trying to relate. Um, <laughs> <laughs>
1: oh, yeah,
2: no, for sure. Yeah.
0: yeah. If it
1: helps, I only did eight, so.
0: He's a weakling. It's fine. It's fine. Um, <laughs> yeah, we both actually, um, we work for the same company. We work for home from home. Uh, They moved us to work from home when the pandemic went down and everything. So um, initially, this room was like our, like, office, podcast, music studio, craft room. And then I was like, I need some space. So I moved my desk into the living room. (laughs) So Okay, that's cool. Now we're like, but yeah, that's... Yeah, our lives consist inside the house regularly. That's
2: good that, like... (laughs) Uh, COVID didn't really like make you guys get out of work or anything. Like no. you oh, yeah. your April, May, June still went on like as normal. You yeah. we were just at home.
0: Yeah, we were just at home. I mean I consider us like like extremely blessed. So yeah.
1: I feel really fortunate. So I actually started this job a week before the pandemic started. Like the whole wow. nation shut down. And so like I didn't even get trained in the office. Like all of my training was done from here at home. But had I not switched jobs, uh, I would have been out of a job probably for a little bit. Yeah. Dude,
2: the exact same thing happened to me. So like I switched restaurants, like the same restaurant, but instead of the location in Hamilton, Ontario, I got switched to the location in Burlington, Ontario, which is like half an hour away. Um, And yeah, it was like a a lot better of like a situation. They were like paying me more. Uh, Everyone's better and at their job and stuff. And that was, like, a week before everything shut down. Uh, so, yeah, I was, like, all ready to do, like, my 40-hour weeks and stuff. Um, and then I was reduced to, like, 12 hours a week. Oof. Um And even then, like, I'm I'm the type of person that, like, I have to be working. I, I need to do the 40 hours a mm-hmm. week if I'm not on tour. Like, I'll go crazy. So I definitely felt, like, a lot of... Uh, stir craziness like cabin fever-esque uh feelings over the past few months yeah but they're like oh, yeah. slowly going away now
0: Well, that's good that's yeah so let's kind of talk about you a little bit how did you get into music what were kind of some of your inspirations to get into this
2: um I was actually thinking about this at work today because I knew this was going on, so I was just, like, running through, like, my life. Like, I was, like, like <laughs> yeah. chronicling my life in my head while, like, making food. Um, <laughs> wow. Um, I think the first, like, bands that, like, got me into music, like, it, it, my music listening has gone through, like, so many different cycles uh, throughout my life, but I feel like the very first memories... Uh, that I'm, like, attached with uh, are probably, like, buying Dude Ranch by Blink, um, (laughs) seeing, like, like, my first show was Good Charlotte, right after Young and the Hopeless came out. Oh, Um, so good. And actually, three of the guys in Rarity, me, Loden, and Adam, we were all at the same Good Charlotte show in, like, 2004 or something, so I would have been, like, nine. (laughs) Um, So going to the first show being Good Charlotte... That really, you know, got me in the door of, like, you know, listening to, like, emo music and stuff. Um, And, like, pop punk and, like, that whole window. Um, But probably buying Dude Ranch, probably seeing Good Charlotte uh, live when I was really young. Um, Probably, honestly, like, Evan and Rarity, like, he got into drumming from Rock Band. And I was thinking about this today. So I'm going to say it. Like, honestly, Guitar Hero, like Legends of Rock, that helped so much. Because it got me, like, w- wanting to play guitar. And I tried for, like, a year. And then it hurt my fingers, so I gave up. And then I tried again in, like, grade 8. Um, Fallout Boy just put out, like, Folia De, which is, like, an incredible album. And so I think it was then... That I finally went from like, I stopped like trying to learn like Smoke on the Water and stuff. And I was like, you know what, I'm going to try to learn this album. So I learned, and I've never done like tabs before at this point when I was, you know, 12 or 13. And so I just looked up Folia de Tabs by Fallout Boy. And I learned what like drop tuning your guitar was. I learned what drop D was. And I just, you know, I knew where the notes were and I just tried my best looking at the computer and I did not leave my basement until I learned like five <laughs> Folia de songs. And they were like the easiest songs on the album. But you I gotta think start that somewhere. was like, it's okay. those are like some tidbits of like my first like musical memories that like I can think of.
0: It's funny that you say like the, I the finger hurting thing. I feel like every, maybe it's just me, but I feel like almost like every person who started out playing the guitar, like, played it when they were younger, and then, like, this hurts too much, and then a couple years later picked it back up, or a couple months later, or whatever, and they're like, I'll get over it, I want to be a rock star, and, like, like, everyone goes through that stage of, like, it's not worth it, it's worth it, kids, don't give up. I think... (laughs)
2: <laughs> it is worth it um yeah grade six i think grade six i tried and then i gave up and then grade eight was finally like okay i'm going into high school next year it'd be cool to like start a band so i used grade eight as like learn like my learning i'll use grade nine as my learning and then i started my first band in grade 10 so and honestly everyone has like like a really Bad like first high school band. Oh yeah, and it's like we weren't great or anything, but honestly, we weren't we weren't bad. And I'm not trying to like like flex on having a good first band, but it's like obviously we weren't that good, but it's not like we were horrible. And so like I am I am fortunate that my first band wasn't like an absolute like tire fire.
0: (laughs) Well, I mean, not every band is bad. I mean, let's look at like Paramore started out when they they were like fifteen. And, like, I think so did Panic at the oh, Disco. And, like, a couple others. Yeah. I mean, you know, it, I've it's always okay.
2: I've always been so amazed. Sorry to cut you off. I'm just no, so amazed that, like, Brendan, Brendan Urie, he was in, like, high school when he wrote... Uh,
1: I write since not track What's the was...
2: first... Yeah, and just, like, like every other song on that record, too. Yeah. Wait, why can't I think... Oh, A Fever You Can't Sweat yeah. Out. Yeah. He was in high school writing all of those lyrics like that's so good like he had such a impressive vocabulary for such a young person and it's so
1: poetic as well at the same time
2: yeah i uh that was one thing like panic was never one of my like main inspirations but one thing that i always respected them for and always loved them for was like his vocabulary like it's such a good vocabulary and that's what made me want to like you know, I haven't read a book in probably 10 years, but same from like, you know, 2005 to 2010, I like I'd read the Harry Potter books. Yeah, I'd, I'd read all that just because I wanted my vocabulary to be as good as Brendan Urie's.
0: Yeah. Let me tell you, working in an office job gives you <laughs> some type of. My emails are fire, okay? But <laughs> that'll funny. do it. Yeah. That's it. I don't have any lyrical experience.
1: I just listen to Copacetic by by Knucklepuck, and then I have an instantly bigger vocabulary.
2: Oh yeah they they use some uh, they use some big words on Copacetic. Aesthetic." Guess in general,
1: Knucklepuck has used uh, a lot of. I, I
2: like, yeah, I like their vocabulary. I saw like an an, as well.
1: an AP article that was like 10 words that we learned from listening to Copacetic was like this is the stupidest article i've ever read but i love it at the same time
2: yeah they're just like trying to trying to fill their i guess fill their like content quota for the month or something they're like running out
1: of <laughs> things to cover
0: <laughs> so eloquent
1: <laughs> anyway let's uh Let's talk a little bit more about kind of the formation of Rarity and then uh, kind of your own solo project. Um, cool. So when did you kind of start? When did Rarity kind of start forming? How did that happen?
2: Um, well, I'm not an original member, so um, I'll walk you through what it was like being like an outsider until um, 2017 when I sort of joined. Mm-hmm. Um so I used to be in a band called downstream rarity used to be called face value. Um, we would play shows together in Hamilton. We were, you know, friends for a while. We always, you know, would play or go to each other's shows. Um, and then, um, yeah, it started off with like, um, it started off with Evan and like Loden and Uh, Zach and Alex they used to be in the band So they would like jam and stuff Uh, They brought Adam into the mix um, And they sort of developed Like the initial iteration Of uh, Rarity which was called Face Value Um, Then Rarity Or Face Value had to change their name to Rarity Um, They went off and Did some tours Around that time I was still like You know we're still in each other's lives But like Mm -hmm. I wasn't in the band um, and also Cole wasn't in the band yet. He was in a band called Parkside from Oakville. So this is all like within an hour of each other, we were all like interconnected in like the Hamilton, you know, community. Right. Yeah. Um, and then, um, Rarity's touring. I'm, you know, downstream did a few tours, Parkside's playing shows. And then fast forward, uh, to like summer of 2016, um adam asked me if i wanted to fill in for the like pacific headliner um which was like pacific uh broadside rarity and boston manor Ooh. and and boston manor opened that tour like boston manor would headline that tour now
0: oh but yeah yeah
2: boston manor that was their first time overseas mm-hmm. and yeah they were on that tour so i filled in for that tour because Adam asked me to, and I wanted to. So I did it. Yeah, clearly. Um, and then I, I joined the band in the beginning of t- 2017. Uh, Cole joined the band a little bit after, because uh, he was still like doing Parkside stuff. Yeah. Um, downstream broke up in like, May of 2017. And then all, all the while, while this is all going on, so I basically joined the band, and then we started writing the second record.
1: Mm-hmm. So...
2: At that time, it was me, Loden, Adam, and Evan. And the four of us wrote The Longest Lonesome. We played, like, five shows in 2017. We were, like, very inactive. Um, But, yeah, it was my first time writing with a band that I joined. So it's, like, I've always, like, started bands, like, from the ground up. And I've never just joined a band that already exists before, right? So... Yeah, that was a new experience. Did a lot of like writing in the studio uh, in like October of twenty seventeen. Um, then we came out of twenty seventeen with an album. Uh, we sat on onto it for a while, or held on to it for a while. Um, we did a bunch of touring in twenty eighteen, um, bunch of touring twenty nineteen. Dropped the album last August, uh, and then you know. Obviously, there's a bunch of stuff in the middle, and now I'm here talking to you guys. So that's, (laughs) like, a very quick, detailed run of Rarity from, like, 2014 until now.
0: Yeah. That's cool that you guys are all kind of, like, that same, like, music community, and you kind of, like, picked pieces from different people and different bands and formed. I like it.
2: Yeah. It was was just sort of, like, good timing, um, because, like, I... I don't know, I've never wanted to just do, like, one musical thing. I feel like I have a lot of ideas that need a lot of different outlets. Mm -hmm. So, you know, Downstream was, like, my writing outlet. Rarity was going to be, like, my, like, writing, like, sick riffs outlet. And then my solo music has always been, like, my, my baby, which is, like, my every single thought and, like, emotion is, like, my solo stuff. Um... So yeah, I think it's good having like more than one creative outlet, especially when you have more than one creative thing to say or yeah.
1: convey with other people. For sure, I uh, I want to take a tangent for a second uh, because you mentioned yeah. something, um, and this was heartbreaking to me when this happened. Um, so longest lonesome, longest lonesome was originally supposed to come out in April of last year, correct. Yeah. And then Correct. it got postponed to August, uh, and I remember reading the note, and it's it said we recorded an album that essentially shouldn't exist. Yep. Um, yep. W- why was that? Um, or if this is too personal, you don't have to answer.
2: No, no, I, I I'm an open book, and it's like it's not really like a a full, it's not like a full deep, you know answer or whatever um i think uh because like i don't do any of like the rarity socials yeah. i don't really uh write any of the posts um but i still can give my own like personal insight on stuff right yeah um so basically um when it was just the three of the guys like adam Loden, evan um they were sort of like in a very like tricky they were in like a tricky spot because they didn't know if they wanted to like continue the band. They didn't know how to continue the band. They were down two members. They had to find two new members. So the whole thing of the album not existing was just like, um, them just being like super uncertain, uh, like before I joined the band and before Cole joined the band, cause they didn't really have like a full on like five piece band. Um, they didn't have, you know, five people contributing, whether it be financially or, you know, emotionally, physically, whatever. Um, So when it said that in the note of like, this album shouldn't exist, it was just like, just like an ode to like how the band almost, you know, didn't make it through. And then we did make it through. So it's all good now. Okay.
0: Right on.
1: That's just something that I've always liked. Ever since that got posted, I've always wanted to, like, know, and I think I forgot to ask when uh, I saw you guys last year during the yeah. Lonesome Tour. But, like, I don't know. I just thought that was, like, something so unique to to have said um, that it, it essentially, literally, it, it said essentially should not have existed. So uh, that's, uh, that's a lot better than what I was uh, hoping. Or not <laughs> yeah. hoping. That's a lot better than what I thought it meant. I think I was yeah, thinking it meant yeah. just like it was trashy songs, trashy recordings, and so we just scrapped oh, the entire album.
2: Oh yeah, no, de- definitely not that. We uh, we worked on it for a long time, you know, with an awesome producer Sam Guayana, yeah. and his mixes sound better and better all the time. So yeah, definitely, definitely wasn't that. Okay, it was just good. like a little, a little bit of like polite transparency with keeping some sort of like mystery behind it. So like people yeah. will wonder, um, and I guess it worked. Um, but yeah, yeah, everything worked out for for the best. And, yeah. you know, e- even with like the album having to get like postponed, cause we were uh, going to do that. And then New Damage contacted us and wanted to put the album out and work together. So, even with that, like everything worked out the way it it was destined to work out. And if that meant, you know, pushing it back from April to August, then, you know, so be it. You know, that doesn't change like what the songs mean to us. It doesn't change like how good I think the songs are. Um, You know, sometimes you just have to be patient. And that was one of those times.
1: For sure.
0: Yeah, definitely. So, you mentioned that. So since you've been with you started in twenty seventeen, you did a lot of you did touring in twenty eighteen, twenty nineteen. So now that you kinda of have that in your belt, what's been kinda of like your favorite part about touring?
2: Um favorite part about touring with rarity or just like in general?
0: Um in general. Probably
2: rarity. In general? In general. Um... <laughs> um or if they're two different
0: favorites you know you can say two different favorites
2: (laughs) honestly i don't even know why i asked that because like my favorites are probably the same regardless (laughs) um (laughs) one thing i'm just like trying to trying to think of like where to start i like doing i like keeping myself busy on tour um Mm -hmm. i think my favorite part of touring is probably doing merch um because i do like i do merch for rarity and my solo stuff and then i tm for rarity and my solo stuff and then i drive a little bit Driving's probably like my least favorite thing um yeah most favorite um i guess i love doing merch i love like meeting new people in you know every city um obviously the 24 7 like go 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 nature of it, it sucks but you know finally when we're all loaded in and like i can just like Sit down, you know, have a beer at the merch table and just like talk to random people that, you know, are trying to have a nice conversation. I think that's my favorite thing because I've met like I've met like just longtime friends from doing that. I've met, you know, just from sitting next to like the other merch guys or merch girls. And it's just, you know, it's just a very nice thing time and i'll always know that i have a seat in the venue because my seat will be at the merch table
0: there
2: you go um yeah and that's not like i'm not discrediting um i'm not discrediting like the actual playing of the music because obviously i love i love that too um i'm getting like notifications i should have turned that off um (laughs) good (laughs) yeah uh short answer is doing merch is my favorite. Part of touring,
0: yeah. I every time, I feel like every time I've gone to like a merch table, whether it's just to like say hi or actually purchase things, you always like end up meeting like the funny people, the funniest people, or like you have like the funniest conversations, and like they're, they're just good times. i to this day, my favorite <laughs> experience I had at a merch table. We would like we were, I think we were at a Hot Mulligan show, and they have a grinder. Okay. And yeah. and so this guy comes up and he picks it up and he's like, "Huh, what is this?" And the guy's like, "It's a grinder." And he's like, "Oh, for what?" And the guy's like, "If you ask, I'm not telling you." <laughs> and like, I just somebody, it, yeah, like it was the funniest if you have thing to, to, to me. Ask,
2: like, you probably don't want it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> like, if you have to ask, I'm not going to tell you. Oh, but that's cool. I love that. It's
2: for my cheese. It's for all of my cheddar
1: cheese,
0: yeah, it's like I grind down my cheese because I don't want to buy it pre shredded yeah
1: <laughs> you You said something that uh I think is a first on our show that you don't like driving. I feel like every single person that we've talked to has said that driving is like their favorite thing to do in a van and really yeah a lot of
0: people like it
1: um I just like it's
2: not like the worst thing um but yeah I don't maybe just like driving after a show like I'm down to like drive during the day and I don't really like driving more than like three hours I feel like a three-hour shift is like good you know I've done my part then I can switch out yeah but it's just nice being able to like finish the show, have a few beers in me and not having to worry about like the end of the night. I'm totally cool with like the beginning of the day. Um but like yeah, I don't know. Driving it's like I I drive for my job. I drive to and from work. I'm driving all the time. So it's like I like I like having a break from driving sometimes, that's all. But yeah. you know, being in a band like y- you gotta pull your weight.
0: Yeah for um, sure.
2: And obviously i am capable of driving so therefore it's like i you know everyone's got to do their part and mm-hmm. you know the, th- the three hour shift is my
0: my part yeah definitely i i enjoy driving but there definitely gets to a part where you're like mm, i'm over this i've driven across the country three times so oh my yeah. god i'm like <laughs> i get you i got That's you nuts yeah. On
2: the Longest Lonesome Tour last year, uh, I actually... That was before I started driving. I only started driving um, the summer... or The Rarity Summer Tour last year. So the Longest Lonesome April Tour, um, Loden did, like, I want to say, like, 20% of the driving, and Adam did, like, 80% of the driving. He was just, like... <laughs> just he just machine. wanted to drive. Like... <laughs> Even in situations where like Lone would be like, hey man, like I could drive. Adam was like, no, I'm good. Um, And so, yeah, Adam basically drove us around Canada from like Nova Scotia to BC and back uh, in (laughs) April of 2019. I, I still like just remembering that now, like all of the times that Adam just crushed like seven hour drives, you know, eight, nine hour drives like they were nothing.
0: Oh, my gosh.
1: That's That's incredible.
0: That is quite incredible.
1: So uh let's (laughs) What was that?
0: I was like that's that's pretty incredible. (laughs) Driving that long. It's not fun.
2: He's a legend.
0: Yeah. (laughs) I think my longest drive, I drove from uh El Paso, Texas into Salt Lake, Utah. And that was like thirteen hours.
2: Oh my god. I've never done that many. Uh, I think mine Mine is probably Rarity played the final Casey show last year in Chicago. Oh. And, and sorry, Spen- I, Spencer, I know you were going to like segue in this. No, you're good. Can wait. Um, it's okay. You're good. We can, but, wait. uh, uh, just like this one little story. Um, so before Rarity got the offer to play the final Casey show, um, Casey one of my favorite bands. So I had already organized like a carpool, uh, to drive in my car to the Chicago show. So we had five people in my car all ready to go. Rarity gets the offer like two weeks after. And so I was like, shit, like I'm, I don't want to like bail on my friends. So basically I drove up separate from the band. Uh, <laughs> the guys went up the day before, they stayed at our friend Lars's house, I'm pretty sure. Um, and then the day of the show, we left my house in Stony Creek, Ontario at like 8am. Drive probably took like eight hours, eight and a half hours. So that was like the longest drive that I've done in one stretch. Yeah. And I didn't eat anything. I just had like monsters and, and you That's know, Red you Bulls. Um, we got to the venue 10 minutes before the Rarity sound check. It was like the most fast pace. Like I had to run <laughs> out of my car. The guys already had my pedal board set up and my guitar. So I basically just had to get on this big stage, you know, play Shawinigan and then like get off and then I could finally breathe. That's the Casey
1: Corbin Rarity Chicago driving story. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome! Wow. All right, now I'll do my segue. So I was going to say, let's talk about uh, your live show as far as rarity goes, uh, and then yeah. I also want to I want to talk about your solo project as well because uh, I know that you have toured with your solo project a little bit as well. Um, yeah. As far as rarity goes, though. Um, do you have, like, a favorite song that you play live? A numbness. That's my favorite song
2: of all time. Um, I don't know, because we just put out Leave It Alone, uh, and we haven't been able to, like, play Leave It Alone live yet. Um, so I feel like since we haven't played Leave It Alone live, I can't say that. So, yeah, my all-time favorite rarity song is A Numbness. Uh. I get to do, like, a sick screaming part in it. I get to nice. do, like, a sick, like, like, soft, melodically sung part at the end. Um, it's probably... It's just, like, overall, like, my favorite song on The Longest Lonesome. And it translated live very well, too. I feel like once that, like, scream kicks in after, like, the first verse, like, it really captures people's attention. Um, yeah, I don't that song used to be something so different, like structure wise. And now it's at the point where it's like, I wouldn't change anything at all mm-hmm. of a numbness. So yeah, yeah a numbness times a hundred.
0: Right on. So on the adverse of that, are there any songs that you don't like playing live? <laughs>
2: um, wow. Damn. Well, I mean, it's not like that. I don't like playing them live. Yeah. Um. But it it's sort of just like I like playing them less. Like it's li- literally nothing against I couldn't be weaker. I think I couldn't be weaker is a fantastic album. Um. I just I have you know, I like playing the songs from the longest lonesome more, and I like playing the songs from I couldn't be weaker less. It's just like a personal thing, just because like I didn't you know write on that record. Yeah. Um. So the songs don't mean to me as much as songs from the longest lonesome do Mm -hmm. but that doesn't discredit them and like their art and all the time that was like spent like putting into them uh so that is my way of sort of avoiding the question but still giving
1: (laughs) you a good answer
0: i like it it's good (laughs) it works it so does
1: i'm surprised you didn't say exhale i know that like most of the band doesn't like playing exhale right
2: I love playing XL. That's like the one <laughs> song that I didn't write that it's like, you know, it, it means a lot to a lot of people mm-hmm. and it, you know, but even before I was in the band, it meant a lot to me. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I love playing XL live. I'm like, I'm one of the the few that will always be down to play exhale.
1: Awesome. I, uh, I remember when you, uh, I think it was maybe only the, Second time that uh they had done it or that y'all had done it on the tour, but uh you did an acoustic it was on the Belmont tour, you did an acoustic rendition of uh of exhale and because we had requested <laughs> that you played exhale, and I guess you guys were like okay we'll we'll do it we and, did, yeah, and that, that was uh,
2: like very spur of the moment
1: yeah i I think you ended up using Alex from Belmont's his acoustic guitar um. It's just yeah. and it's just completely plastered in stickers. Um
2: Yeah, it uh helped that he had a guitar from his yeah. first
1: time. Yeah. <laughs> and and speaking of uh Alex from Belmont, Alex has a side project called Rare Candy, which you Love have it. a side project. Um and I'm pretty sure you guys have toured a few times together, correct?
2: Uh we did one tour together, yeah.
1: Okay. And you were about to do one before COVID happened, correct?
2: Yeah, yeah. So I think I've done I think I've done a total of three solo tours. Um, my first one was summer of twenty seventeen. My old band had just broken up and I guess I I was antsy, I hadn't joined Rarity yet, so I just needed to do something. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um so oh no, wait, no, I had joined Rarity. What am I talking about? Um, because it was twenty seventeen. Um so, but rarity wasn't doing anything at the time other than mm-hmm. writing, so it's like I needed something to tour off of so um this band goldfinch, uh they're another great band uh, from Waterloo, Ontario, I asked Omi from Goldfinch. I was like, "Hey, are you guys like planning on touring like seeing if they wanted to tour together?" Mm-hmm. And Omi was like, "Yeah, and then one thing led to another, and we ended up. he ended up just like letting me go on the full two week, like out to the <laughs> East coast of Canada and back Goldfink and Corbin tour. Uh, so that was super easy and super nice of Omi just to let me hop on a tour. So thanks for that. <laughs> um, and yeah, end of 2018. Um, cause Alex and I, we were talking about like, we were like casually saying, Hey, like we both have solo projects, like let's do something with it. Mm-hmm. And, uh, Finally, like, come, like, September uh, of 2018, we were finally like, okay, let's, let's actually do it. So we booked it ourselves, and I've never booked a tour before. And so that was, like, my first time ever, you know, dipping my feet into the water of, you know, um, booking a whole-ass tour. Like, I've booked, like, s- like shows for myself before and, like, one-offs, but I've never done, like, a full tour So after Alex and I did that, did like a week in the States, got Mm -hmm. that under our belt, it felt like, I don't know, it felt very, very fulfilling. It was like one of those things where it's like, you never knew you could do it until you just jumped in, said, screw it. And like tried, um, and then, then what was it, uh, Oh, yeah. Uh, Then last summer, I did like a few days with my good friend Gino. Uh, He plays in Safe Bet. Bet. And then the end of 2019, I did my first full band solo tour with my friend Luke Rainsford from the UK. So I guess like three tours and a weekend run. And then I was supposed to do like a full tour with uh, Safe Bet uh, in May, but that obviously got cancelled. So we're going to figure that out at some point.
0: Yeah, it seems to be the trend. It's like, yeah, we were going to do like Austin tour lineup. 2020 was going to be the year of Austin tour lineups. Yeah. And then it didn't happen. It's fine. I'm fine. But
2: <laughs> I think I had four tours get canceled. Um because oh. Rarity was supposed to go to Europe. Yeah. Um I was supposed to do a solo tour with Safe Bet. Rarity was supposed to do another tour that was supposed to happen like right now actually. And then I was supposed to go over to the UK solo. So there's four things that sort of got canned. uh, And, you know, at first I was bummed, but then after a while it was like, okay, maybe this is just like a reset. Maybe this is like, obviously, I'm not discrediting how many people have gotten affected through all this, but I'm talking about like just through purely trying to find like a silver lining and tours getting canceled. Yeah. Um maybe this is just like a reset button and then it'll give us all time to, you know, catch our breath. If, you know, bands that were moving very fast, just needed a breather. Maybe this was like a breather that they didn't know that they needed. Um, Gives bands like tons of time to like write new records Mm -hmm. and stuff. And so, and just like finding, uh, you know, creativity. Maybe they thought that they were losing their creativity and yeah, Maybe being inside their head for, uh, you know, every single day helped them, you know, dish out songs that they otherwise would have never written or or unfortunately, I know some people it had the opposite effect where they were not creative at all. They like felt like they couldn't write anything. Um, So obviously, like it it affected everyone differently.
0: Yeah, Um, for sure.
2: The main thing is just like not letting it, not let it kill you. Like, don't let it, like, obviously, just don't let, you know, being inside of your head for so long and not working, don't let that like overcome you. Um, Yeah, I don't know. Tours can happen, you know, whenever in the future. Mm -hmm. I wrote, I wrote 2020 off in April. So it's just like, and seeing like promoters still like trying to do shows like this year, it's like, man, like, Read the room, just let this year go. Yeah. Start planning all your stuff out for next year. It's like I normally plan my year my years out like a year in advance. Yeah. Like I had my entire 2020 like already planned out. And you know what? Obviously, it sucks when you're someone that relies on like like I have iPhone notes for everything, like down to like foods that I don't like. I have an iPhone note of foods that I don't like. Like what the (laughs) hell does that mean? And it's just like, I would have my entire year planned out on my iPhone and, you know, for someone that needs lists and someone that needs, uh, to be able to look at that and know what I'm doing like five months from now. Cause it's just like, it's just like an outlet that like helps me like, you know, go through my day to day. Yeah. It sucked having to, you know, not have that note, not know what I'm going to be doing yeah. in, in, like six months from now. But I could have let it, you know, scare me away. But, you know, I just tried embracing it. uh, And, you know, we're all just doing the best we can. Oh, for sure. We all are just doing the best that we can.
0: Yeah. Oh, definitely. I feel like this is, like, the time for, like, like artistic reflection to, like, take a break. Because I think some of us, like, go full force straight ahead and like, what you were saying, like, some bands probably just, like, tour, 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 and it's like, oh, well, they probably didn't take a break, so they didn't, like, die, okay? And... Yeah. I mean, there's there's a silver... Like, definitely, it's been a rough year, for sure, but I have high hopes for next year, and... I'm like, it's just a time for us to, like, reflect back, and, and chill, and get creative, and... Or don't be creative. Maybe... You know, maybe we just chill, and that's okay, so... It'll work out. It'll all be good.
2: I don't think there's Something. any shame with not being creative oh, right yeah, now. no. Some people, maybe some people have, like, just written, like, two records and they just need time to not focus on music. Exactly. Like, it works the opposite way, too, which is, 100%. like, completely fine. Um, I was one of the people that got, like, super hyper-creative and it, like took over me i like i finished writing my solo my next solo record which is like 11 songs um i wrote like 10 rarity demos so i'm sure like a couple of those songs will be on a new album at some point point. and i started writing for like a like a soundcloud like singing i it's not soundcloud rap but it's like like in the same vein of soundcloud rap yeah uh, so I started, you know, doing that project too. And on top of that, I, you know, I started like streaming every week. So it was more so like I was going nuts at home all the time. Mm-hmm. So at a certain point I was just like, okay, I'm going to finish my solo record. I'm going to write 10 rarity songs. I'm going to do the SoundCloud, like for it's called first breath, the, that project. Um, And I just kept going. Cause I just like, yeah. it was like, A gas tank that could never be completely filled. That's what, like, my mind felt like. So I just kept on going. And then I finally reached a point where I was like, okay, I, like, I've satiated all of my creative needs for now. I'm going to go to bed and maybe I'll write another song next week. But yeah, it, uh, it felt good. It almost, like, naturally pulled out, you know, creative ideas that were just lingering
1: yeah
0: well yeah and i think even like for people that maybe were doing that before anything this is a good time maybe they need to go find like a new hobby to separate themselves and then you can come back to it with a fresh mind like i think there's a world of opportunities and i think it's just important that people like find something that they enjoy doing so Mm -hmm. we don't all go crazy (laughs) i started playing
2: synth uh like i've never i've always wanted to like play piano and stuff um but I just, I think piano is like the hardest instrument in the world. I like, I, I commend all of the pianists out there. Um, and so one day I had like, I cut my finger at work and I cut it pretty bad. So like, I couldn't play guitar and I was just sitting at home. I didn't have a shift that day. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to try learning things that rhyme with orange by I set my friends on fire. I'm going to try learning that like (laughs) synth keyboard intro. If you're familiar with it, oh, the yeah. one where it's like, Cause, <smith noises> like and like that part is so sick. So, I tried being creative in other ways. Like I couldn't yeah. put my fingers to a string, but I could, you know, try learning. And I set my friends on fire. a Synthesizer part instead.
1: There you go. <laughs> the next, uh, the next rarity album's gonna be Crabcore. We're gonna bring cor- uh, Crabcore back. Oh my God! Imagine.
2: that was that would be that'd be interesting I wouldn't be mad I wouldn't be mad well well because it's like that would that would suck for us only because um right now like I've been normally I'm not one of those people that like care about like the comments and reading you know reviews and stuff Mm -hmm. um but my one favorite thing that I've been seeing lately is people saying that we're consistent and that's my favorite compliment ever because that shows that, you know, we have a good formula of, like, creating good music mm-hmm. and we're able to, like, stick to it and keep on, you know, producing results, right? Yeah. Um, so if we did a Crab Crabcore album, that would just, like, all of these nice comments, it would just put all of that to waste, I feel, <laughs> because we're trying to, like, I think Leave It Alone is a good song. I, I, I want, like, it. you know... Every other song from now on to sort of be at the same level as Leave It Alone. Mm-hmm. Um and yeah, if we did just like a crab core album out of nowhere, like everyone would be like, actually rarity's not consistent because they put out a damn crab core album. <laughs> they so. lost
0: all consistency. I'm taking back my comment. Right click yeah, delete. Exactly.
2: <laughs> Control alt deleted.
0: <laughs> Goodbye. Uh <laughs> Nice. So um when you have been on tours and things like that, have you guys ever or have you even on a solo tour ever come across like a like weird or crazy experience that you want to share with us? Oh my god. And uh, it doesn't have to be at the show.
1: 99% of the time it's not at the show.
0: That's
2: that's a fair point. Um <laughs> Okay, um, I'm just going to like say this one prank that we did on Stick Up Kid because that was like my favorite thing (laughs) that we've ever done. And I didn't even know it was happening until like 10 minutes before the show. So we're playing this show in Albany and it was in, I forget what it was called, but it was this huge Albany venue in this huge Albany mall and it's all connected. And so it's like, if you walk out, there's like, there's like a full-on like bowling rink or
0: er, bowling, bowling alley.
2: alley not <laughs> rink. Imagine a bowling rink. Like that would suck. That would be like, <laughs> that would be objectively like the worst creation someone could have made. That would
0: be so dangerous. Um, and so, yeah.
2: Uh, uh, but yeah, I'm like walking around in this big mall and Adam calls me, I'm buying shorts that have tigers on them. So obviously like I'm really busy. And Adam calls yes. me and I'm like, Adam, like, what's up? Like I'm buying tiger shorts. Like I, I don't have all the time in the world right now. He was <laughs> like, I need to explain to you like the best thing that's about to happen. <laughs> so what Adam did at this venue in Albany, you can project things like onto the screen behind you. Mm-hmm. And, and so Adam talked to the sound guy and he arranged this thing so that um, basically his laptop Whatever is playing on his laptop would be connected to the sound guy's laptop, which would be connected to the actual screen. So what he did was he had his laptop up, he called me, and all I had to do was accept the call on his laptop. And so Stick Up Kid started their s- set every night with this slow song. And it's like, like boo doo doo, doo doo beautiful chord. Like mm-hmm. yeah. oh like such a such like a just like a chord that like angels sing and and on the <laughs> screen you can see me um like eating a bunch of chinese food like takeout <laughs> and it's projected on the screen behind stick of kid <laughs> and i'm like going in i'm like like crushing these noodles like i'm like murdering these noodles <laughs> and and like the song doesn't even have drums in it like until the end so it's like this whole i woke up to the sound it's like i love that song uh listen to stick up kid if you're watching this. i love like, stick up Kid so much one of my favorite bands and you know they've been doing it for a long time yeah and so yeah none of the members even looked back so they thought that like the audience was just like laughing at them and <laughs> when we talked after the set i was like oh my god like i didn't i didn't mean that at all like you know like We were just trying to have some fun, but they were cool. They all thought it was funny. Um, And then uh, I forgot about telling how Adam called me. It was basically just Adam giving me, like, the rundown of, like, this plan, this, like, heist. Um, (laughs) And then so I did that for the entire set. I (laughs) ate food that was projected in front of all (laughs) these New Yorkers. the entire set? Stick Up Kid's entire set. Oh, my God. Um, And then... They have this one song um and so i basically i do like a guest vocal spot on it so for that one part for people obviously people obviously caught on like throughout the set that it was like the the guy from rarity was doing it mm-hmm. um but i go i leave the laptop and i go up to sing my guest part and so everyone was like everyone was like whoa like at the end of the show they were like whoa I didn't know it was like you and it was all connected and it was all planned out and I was like yeah it was hilarious wasn't it because it was hilarious <laughs> and then they had like a couple songs left I went back you know continued to eat and yeah I think maybe that wasn't like the craziest moment but that was definitely like one of the funniest moments
0: that I've had that's that's pretty great <laughs> I can just imagine i could just like, imagine you like eating with like without your mouth closed like totally like worst etiquette ever I chinese like, I, lo- were, like lo mane using your coming out of your mouth like <laughs>
2: i used the fork but i was definitely messy i didn't want to get all my my fingers yeah dirty, true. but but my mouth i i wasn't doing like the I wasn't doing like the uh the no elbows at the table thing. I was like, wasn't doing the closed your mouth thing. That I was sort of being a little bit gross, but it made it <laughs> funny when it was projected like thirty feet in the air. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that is amazing. I absolutely love that. <laughs>
1: <laughs> All right, this is a uh, this is another question that we've uh, we've been asking, and this is kind of off topic from this um okay what is the best gas station
2: oh my god well because see here's the thing is like in canada our gas stations are not as cool as american gas stations like we don't have full-on like full-on like restaurant like fast food things connected with gas stations a lot yeah um I know everyone is like debating like the sheets and like Wawa thing. That's probably what like not what the question is like geared towards, but I feel like those are like the two that I'm thinking of. Um, oh, there's also like Buckies in like Texas, right? Yeah. Um, yeah, you know what? I'm gonna say all all gas stations are fine. They all have gas, so you know you you already know what you're gonna get. Like you know you're gonna get gas, and then they happen to have food in them too. Um, Sheets and Wawa, you know what, I'm gonna, like, piss off the internet and say that Sheets and Wawa, they're both good. They're both good places, and (laughs) they should both play soccer without the soccer ball, because no one's winning, no (laughs) one's winning this gas station, you know, battle, (laughs) kerfuffle, it's fine. You get your gas, you get food that's, like, all right, and then you leave.
0: Exactly. So...
2: That's what my favorite gas station is. None
1: of, of them. them. <laughs> oh, none of <laughs> none them. That of works them. too.
0: They all smell bad <laughs> at some point in time. <laughs>
1: mm-hmm.
0: So um, what's kind of been like your favorite um, city to go to and play a show in?
2: Ooh. Um, I'll, I'm going to have multiple answers. Okay. Uh, that's
1: totally fine. So
2: as as far as Canada, um, I love I love Halifax, Nova Scotia. I love Winnipeg. I love, I hate the city of Toronto, but I love playing shows in Toronto. Yeah. Um, Hamilton, because it's our hometown. Oh my God. Now I'm just like, now it's just like geography lesson. (laughs) Um, But yeah, I love, I love Halifax, love Toronto, love Hamilton, love Winnipeg, love Edmonton. I'm just thinking of like shows where it's like, I've had like the most fun at shows where like the most people show up. Yeah. Um, I think like last year on the longest lonesome tour, uh, the Winnipeg show was like the highest attended show of the entire tour. And it absolutely blew me away because we, I have played Winnipeg with the guys once before. And this time it was like a rarity headliner. And the fact that so many people showed up will, it just means like Winnipeg will always have my heart. Um. Also, Prince Edward Island, uh, like, Charlottetown, Prince Edward Island is my favorite place in the world. Like, out of every single place in the world, PEI is, like, the best province ever. It's just, like, I want to die there. I straight (laughs) up, like, whenever I die, I don't know when that is, but it's, like, I want to die there because (laughs) it will be great. Um, And you'll be on your bed for the dead
0: and you'll be like, take me there now. (laughs) yeah like if i'm about to die
2: straight up if i'm about to die and i'm in like hamilton like that sucks like i'll be like (laughs) get me i'll pay however much like i got a mastercard i have good credit rating just like fly me out to pei to die um (laughs) yeah all jokes aside that place is just so beautiful um as far as the states goes um i've never played in la technically (laughs) So I can't say LA. We played in Anaheim. So playing at Chain Reaction for the first time ever was super cool. Um oh oh my god, why didn't I say this? <laughs> Atlanta, Georgia. Atlanta, Georgia, for some reason, like
1: we've the masquerade. developed this like yeah, the masquerade. group
2: of people that yeah, at the masquerade, at the drunken horse. Um we've developed this like just group of people that really like us and um Yeah. When we went there the last time, it seemed like, you know, obviously you see um, when you're doing a headliner, you know, it would be people that obviously like your band would go to the show. And it was just like, we we were very much blown away doing like a headliner and people in Atlanta like showed up so hard. Um, So I'm going to say Anaheim, Atlanta, and then uh, Chicago. We have so many friends in Chicago. Whenever we go to Chicago, it's like I always know it's going to be such a fun time. Yeah. So Anaheim, Chicago, Atlanta. And then I had one more. I had one more I was thinking of. Um, uh, Okay, let's just like keep let's just move on. And then I'll (laughs) if I remember it, I'll just yell the city out of
0: nowhere. Just shout it. She's like, is this? Yeah. Yeah, I found that like those three those three places have been the popular ones amongst the people that we've talked to. They're like mm-hmm. because like they're like mas- the masquerade just rolls out the red carpet for people. Chain reaction is like you know historical. It's just legendary. Chicago is like people go apparently hard AF there. The other place is Texas. Albany. Albany. Albany
2: yeah yeah okay that's the fourth one and i told you i would yell so that's right you 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 did it it.
0: i knew i was here for it i was ready to catch it (laughs) i think
2: atlanta's probably my favorite though it's that southern hospitality atlanta's my favorite just like the venue and nothing against like if we're not playing the masquerade but it's like if you go to the masquerade you know you're gonna get taken care of Um, you know, you're going to see a dog, you know, you're going to play on a six days, you know, people are going to roll out. It's, you know, you're going to have a shower, you know, you're going to like walk through, you know, the crazy like corridors and stuff where it looks like Hogwarts. Like, like you, like you could get attacked by a basilisk at any moment. (laughs) So like Atlanta, Georgia, legendary.
0: That Southern hospitality. Love it.
1: So, on top of that, and I think you kind of just said it, but do you have, like, a favorite venue of all time?
2: Masquerade. <laughs> Masquerade! <laughs> um, heard there was about a few, things. though. If we're talking about, um, like, international, there was pretty much every single venue we played on the KC Tour in 2018 in, like, the UK and in Europe, minus, like, a couple of venues they could all be, like, front runners for number one, too. So I'm going to say the Masquerade and then uh, just look at the KC tour poster from 2018 because pretty much all of those venues were perfect and treated us so, so well. Better than, like, people, like, treat me anywhere else.
1: I've heard nothing but good things about, like, the venues in the UK and in Europe. Yeah, it's just um well, cause like they have like government funding,
2: mm-hmm. uh, like at least I know Europe does like government funding like towards like music and the arts because they hold like the arts like at such like a higher in such higher regard than like other places do.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, so I feel like that sort of ties in with why the venues are so nice. Um, or like a lot of the venues have like um, they have like. Not like hotels, but they have like rooms already there, like above the venue or mm-hmm. like close by that like the venue owns. And they just let you sleep there for free and stuff. Oh, that's awesome. And then that's awesome. they give you like free food and free beer. And yeah, that was like that was such a good tour. Um, yeah, I, I never knew what touring like that was uh, before I did it. And now it's just like, it was just like, you know, I can't wait to go back. It's basically <laughs> what I'm trying to say. I can't wait to go back whenever that may be.
0: That's awesome. Yeah, you don't get that out here. I know a lot of our friends that come through like, hey, guys, anyone have a place to stay? And we're like, well, you can sleep on our couch. <laughs> like,
2: I will always take a but, couch. And, there you uh, go. The fact that like anyone is even down to, you know. How how is this in the first place? You know, speaks speaks. What's the saying? I was trying to say. Speaks volumes. Um, Speaks volumes. Yeah, (laughs) volumes. Crank it to (laughs) eleven.
1: Yeah, I don't know. I feel like it's just a it's a personal thing of ours. But like, I feel like if we were ever in a situation like that, like we would hope that people would be kind, and so we we try to extend that ourselves to other people and be like, hey, you need a place to stay while you're on tour, come here. We got you. Yeah. And
0: I'm a native Georgian, so obviously I have to live up to the standards that the masquerade sets and show that southern hospitality to people. And, you know, <laughs> Yeah. <them>
2: <laughs> okay. So did you did you like did you grow up like going to shows at the Masquerade and stuff? No, like so
0: that? I actually moved, um by the when I turned eighteen, I moved out of state. So like by the time I could have like gone to atlanta with friends to go to shows and stuff um because before then like i lived about two hours away from atlanta and i didn't really have any friends my parents were like um you need to go to these shows with someone and i'm like okay you're probably right but <laughs> yeah so my sister um, goes the all the time say other...
2: so she's still like in
0: georgia then mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. my whole family is yeah uh, uh
2: you said two hours away the only other city i know in athens were you like in that area
0: no so opposite direction um i North? was in augusta so
2: oh a different augusta. one okay. Augusta.
0: no one I ever goes to augusta s-
2: i think i'm getting like all confused right now i That's think okay. we stayed in augusta at some point that name rings a bell georgia's big though so i don't know Georgia is. Is really big.
0: so here's the thing about augusta that may have happened is it is not that far from columbia so I don't know if you ever, and like Columbia is more popular for places sometimes, but it's on the border of South Carolina, but I think we it's stayed irrelevant. somewhere <laughs> like
2: an hour south, an hour south of Atlanta.
0: Okay. Yeah, you probably didn't do it. Yeah, it wouldn't have been Augusta.
2: Augusta, Augusta a- has
0: one venue and it's an arena. Whoa. So you'd think it would have more, but. They're not there yet. Yeah. Atlanta's
2: like the <laughs> the metropolis of, yes. of Georgia
1: anyway. Yes, it is. Yeah. Let's just move back to Augusta, and we'll open up a venue for you guys. Let's not. <laughs> <laughs> Let's not and say we did. <laughs> there you go. Right on. All right. Well, I think we're going to start wrapping up. Um, we have a question that we always ask uh, at the end of the show and you can take a second to think about it but what okay. is your okay. dream tour lineup
2: oh, okay i already know this uh coheed cambria headlining uh alex sunfire direct support uh dance gavin dance and then us um so that that's the rarity dream tour lineup okay uh-huh. and then the solo dream tour lineup um is this one I haven't put as much thought into. Um Kurt Travis, it'll all it'll be all solo all solo artists <laughs> okay. that I look up to. So actually no, dashboard confessional will headline. Right on, um, okay. Kurt Travis from A lot like Birds and Dance, Gavin Dance will be direct support and then me yeah
0: that's good yeah that
2: sounds amazing i want to do that right now
0: sounds like dream it up it's gonna happen
2: there we go (laughs) (laughs) yeah we uh we had um i think we were just like screwing around like on the group chat like a a few months ago and i asked everyone that question what Mm -hmm. the dream tour lineup would be so i already had that one like in the back pocket (laughs) yeah like, like throw that answer out like whenever i want.
0: Yeah. it's fun to ask because it's like it's fun to like hear what other people say we've had to like oh well we'll just go on tour with imagine dragons i'm like okay damn yeah, we let's talked, go
1: <laughs> we talked to hotel books are you familiar with hotel books i love hotel books so we talked yeah. we talked with him and uh he was like i want to tour with imagine dragons uh he's like and weezer and weezer <laughs> and hotel books holy
2: what a what a tour that like makes no sense exactly like would be really cool and then like
1: we had (laughs) young culture said like uh i don't even i don't remember. it was it was like kendrick lamar and (laughs) yeah travis scott and young culture fuck yeah astro culture world um Lamar,
2: Lamar, Lamar Astro world. Culture World. It will, yeah.
1: it, it'll just be called Damn Astro Culture.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah.
1: Astro Culture. <laughs> damn. damn.
2: Damn. I, I want to talk hotel books now. Like, I'm thinking of like so many other options that I'm like missed out on. Wow. No, you know what? I, I just want to tour with Kurt Travis. Kurt Travis is, like, one of my favorite, like, vocalists and, like, mm-hmm. creatives of all time. So, yeah. Yeah, everything I said, but, like, mainly Kurt Travis.
0: <laughs> there you go. Cool. Well, thank you so much for being on the show. Um, If you guys want to check out, those who are listening, if you guys want to check out Rarity, um, they're on all streaming platforms and check him out at Instagram and Twitter on rare at rarity band um, you can also check out Corbin at corbin drew g i r o u um, x on Instagram and a lonely estate on Twitter and he is also on all streaming platforms It's true It's there It's ready for your ears to listen <laughs> <laughs> and your eyes to see on social media Anyway well <laughs> cool.
1: Thank you for listening to On Tour With.
0: If you like what you heard, consider leaving us a comment and a like.
1: You can find us on Twitter and Instagram at On Tour With Pod.
0: And you can find us on Facebook and YouTube by searching for On Tour With Podcast.
1: We'll be back next week with a new episode. Until then,
0: thanks for riding along. Away. Took it all in, but still expected
2: the worst. Got some used to this, cause it isn't the first time I've. Become a ghost. I guess it's not my time And I'll never get things right And I'll never say a single thing That's on my mind Guess it's
0: just not right for me